This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 575 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Saturday, July 14th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Nick Pollock for the Fireside Chat. We're recording a little early going into the All-Star break here, Nick, but how you doing? What is happening? I am doing great. I am in Cape Cod. I am very appreciative, Paul, that you are letting me record tonight uh, so I can have a little bit of R&R tomorrow on the beach and sunset. It, it totally that. works. I mean, it's, it's great because then um, tomorrow evening... We're just gonna settle in for that uh, futures game. Oh yeah, all, all good, all good there. As far as like not having to hurry up and hope the game. Well, it, it would probably be done anyway, but there's no interference there, so it all works out. Your boy's flexible on the weekend, so I knew you were gonna be away, and uh, this is the best time for it. So we're gonna talk a little first half stuff uh, with with an eye towards second half. We got our feet in both. What we're going to do is uh, talk about one of our, our biggest surprises each and then somebody that we think could be a surprise in the second half. Maybe somebody – we didn't use a set threshold, but for me, I was kind of going in thinking somebody 60th or later who could really push up into like let's say the top 30. Um, right. You know, That's kind of the idea that I had in mind is like they could be awesome in the second half and that's what we're kind of looking for. And listen, I knew – who you were going to take before you even took him. So <laughs> I didn't want to though. Surprised. And no, I'm here for it because I am, I'm right there with you on this guy. And we are going to talk a little bit about some guys that we've discussed, but that's kind of how it's going to be. Cause you know, I don't think we can just make up a new surprise of a guy that we hadn't talked about because if they were surprised to be this good, we've talked about them. That's the point of this show uh, of the fireside chat. So let's right. go ahead and get into the surprises and let's start with your guy who's been absolutely amazing uh, despite not making the all-star team outright. Now he's there, which is which is uh, fixed. But uh, tell us a little bit more about Mr. Blake Snell. Yeah, Blake Snell is, uh, is not someone that I personally was high on entering the year. And I know, Same. actually, there are a lot of people that were. They were on the, the Blake Snell train. I think mm-hmm. I had him like around like 55 or something like that. Uh, I'm pulling it, mine up real quick just to see. Sure. Uh, I had him 59th. Okay. All right. So I mean, so I think we're both on the on the side of we could see that there could be something, but we didn't sure. like where he was at. Uh, a lot of people like to quote his last season numbers, 2017. He had a nice little run at the end of the year, and they thought Great that that would carry it over. I actually wrote about him for photographs about why I didn't really buy into it. 
Uh, and the reason was because he was throwing over 20% changeups and really just being a changeup fastball guy with his secondary stuff, sorry, his breaking stuff actually just, you know, every so often about 25% of the time mixing that in. Actually, underneath that last year, he threw curveballs and sliders about 24% of the time. And I saw those pitches as the ones that were fantastic. But Snell just really wasn't that guy. He was trying to play off the outside corner with fastballs and changeups, not really hitting spots with fastballs and getting saved by changeups often, and not really taking advantage of these amazing breaking balls. Well, I kind of didn't really think that he would, you know, go towards thirty percent, thirty five percent with breaking balls. That's kind of what he's done this year, and that's a maybe big he read your reason. Article. Yeah, maybe he read the piece. That's it. <laughs> He's like, you know what? <laughs> I should start using these two pitches. I'm Blake Snell. I've got two great breakers. Let's do it. And that's what he did, though. I mean, he has a 227 ERA right now, 107 whip with a 28% K rate. Uh, one of my favorite tweets of the season. Um, if you guys have noticed, I've actually dialed back on sending out tons of gifts. I, I, I want to get back into it. It's just something that, you know, we do those nasty pitches every day. And I just wanted to kind of separate the two as more of like I can talk about things on Twitter. And one of the tweets mm-hmm. I sent out was uh, Blake Snell's. Uh, strike zone plot for one of his best games against the Mariners. And it was just so beautiful. It was elevated four seamers, which is something he also changed doing this year. Instead of trying to go outside and trying to go a little bit low, he's really focused on trying to go up inside the zone and out of it with his fastball. And then he pairs that with breaking stuff alone in the zone. And this one was like just red in the top half and then blue and yellow in the bottom and underneath the zone. And it was just so beautiful. It's a work of art. I want that framed. And just put on my wall. I'm not even kidding. I really love it. I and, I, and like framed. Uh, obviously, not a still picture. You want a moving. Right. You you need you need one of those um it, those picture frames. Those those digital picture frames. Of course. I also need the actual frame to be catcher's mitts, to, so it's perfectly framed. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Uh, <laughs> but I but no, I'm really impressed with what he's done, and I think it's very believable. That's the, that's the shocking part. Like. Blake Snell could have done well at the beginning of this season and doing the same stuff that he did at the end of last season. And I probably would be telling you, I don't know if I really buy it. Kind of like Tyler Skaggs a little bit, how I don't really buy it. He was, sure. he was also in consideration for me for biggest surprises because um, I really didn't think that Tyler Skaggs would be you know, my clear top 40 uh, as of right now. But uh, Blake Snell did change his approach to something that is much more effective and a lot more consistent and he does deserve that massive boost in K rate from 21%, actually 22% to 28 this year. He's also done well lowering his, lowering his walk rate a bit. It's just underneath 10%. That's really nice to see. Um, obviously, there are things like the 243 BABIP and the 86% left on base rate that are going to rise. Nevertheless, if it settles the three ERA with those K rates, I mean, that's just, that's awesome. 13.4% whiff rate. He deserves it. Yeah, I mean it's it's been fantastic to see Snell really kind of take that 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 leap to the next level. I've got him um 14th right now uh, just outside my my bona fide number ones. And I really want to see like a full season before I uh before I before I put him in the number ones, but I don't know. I might have to get him up there. You just got to uh, do it, maybe man. Maybe it's too arbitrary that because I'm looking right now and it's like, well, Garrett Cole wasn't good last year and I put him there. And so you can make cases. Uh, but I love what Snell's doing. So that's a great pick. Um, let's shift over to mine. A guy we actually have talked about recently. Yeah. So we won't go too deep on him and we'll get into the surprises. But Ross Stripling, man, um, he was my first half surprise. I was absolutely uh, blown away by what he's able to do. I didn't rank him coming into the year. Why the hell would oh, I? Of course. Did yeah. you? No. I mean, nobody did. 
Um, there, there was, there was no path for this, um, that, that was, that was visible. Right. And I think that's the beauty of, of the game and why we play fantasy, right? If we knew how everything was going to kind of go when the season started, we wouldn't even play. And so stuff like this is amazing. I love what Stripling's doing. Um, I think there's a lot of believability to it, not to a 208, 108, uh, ERA whip combo, but I wouldn't really project that for very many guys. Uh, you know, maybe a few guys in that number one space, uh, in my tier, in, in my rankings, because, that's just so obscene. You know, if, if somebody said oh, my, my Scherzer projection is 208, 108, I'd say, well, you're probably, you know, going for his 98th percentile, but I can understand it. I would not say that for Stripling, but I, I think he's a firm, you know, like 330, 115 sort of guy. Like you can project that for the rest of the year. I, I don't think that's out of bounds uh, with the way he's going because the way he's working the, the, the fastball, breaking ball combos and the way he tunnels the two really keeps hitters off balance. And I do think that stripling, you can see a lot of quality in his profile that will help you understand what he's doing. But I really recommend you sit down and watch some of his uh, outings too, because you really see uh, how fooled guys are when they're expecting fastball and they get one of the, one of the breakers or vice versa. And they just, they have no answer for it. Right. And so he's got a 28% strikeout rate, 4% walk rate, um, 11% swinging strike rate. He's just been awesome. And the thing of it is, is he was, uh, I, I hesitate to even say swing man last year cause he only had two stars. He was a reliever. Um, but he was a, a, a long man, a uh, long man reliever, 74 innings in 49 appearances. And he was good. 24%, Strikeout six percent walk. Like there were positives to say, well, this guy could be a good swing man if he got fifteen starts, but he's taking it to the next level. Now there there was concern. I did a piece on innings limits, and somebody said, Well, you know, what about stripling? I didn't include him because I was only looking at guys twenty-five and younger, kind of referred to as the injury nexus, sure. so to speak. And I think he's beyond that. I don't know that they're going to have to super protect him. I think he could get skipped maybe once or twice just to kind of give him that little extra break there. But I don't think Stripling's going to have to be super limited uh, as a 28-year-old. I, I, I just And I'm not sure that they're going to have the luxury to do that because they seem to always be having guys who are hurt. So I think he's going to be relatively safe for the second half as far as innings go as well, but he's definitely my, my biggest first-half surprise. So even if things change in the second half – this was the biggest shock to me with what Ross Stripling did. Yeah, that was a really good pick. Uh, I'm not too worried about the in- injuries limit just because it was 74 innings last year in relief. And I think yeah. a lot of teams do recognize that that is not just 74 innings. That's uh, uh, Those are stressful innings. That's, like some a, full, high that's a full season starting, essentially, uh, considering it's 49 games as well. Uh, so I really don't think that the Dodgers are going to baby this one. Uh, moving forward, what uh, I guess it's what ten weeks, so that's about I don't know eighty innings or so. I, yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's very doable for for Stripling. Uh, and what's really impressive with to me, I mean, you mentioned of course the the super low walk rate. He is the master of eye level. There's like two different ways of yes. going about it as a starter. Right? Really three, I guess. It's either about eye level, it's either lateral, or it's uh, velocity. Right, those are essentially the X, Y, and Z of pitching to me, and I like uh, and Stripling is so good at going from high to low very fast. 
Um, it's part of the reason why Taiwan Walker had success a little bit. It's like what we're talking about with Blake Snell. Taiwan. Taiwan excelled the most when he had those high fastballs with the splitter going down. Stripling's mm-hmm. great at that high fastball with a slider and a match it staying up. And then also, of course, that massive curveball going down. So, yeah, I do buy the skill set a bit. I'm a little surprised I say that considering he doesn't throw super hard. No, uh, but that's – I think you're talking about the eye level and everything. Effective velocity comes into play. Right, sure, yeah. Where it's feeling like it's playing up more of a, a mid-90s heat or just the timing that the guys have to respond to Stripling's fastball because they're they're – uh, they have the two cutter, or excuse me, the two breakers in mind, and a ten percent changeup. By the way, like he, he has a changeup that he'll he'll mix in there too, which is down at uh, eighty four, uh, off of a ninety two mile per hour fastball. So he's got a lot of weapons. I really like him. I would definitely stay the course with him, uh, because for me, I'm not sure that you can go in the market and trade him and get something commensurate with what he can do. And since it was found money anyway. I think I would just ride it out. And obviously if a deal came along, sure, you, you would entertain it. But I don't know that you should go out trying to trade Stripling because I don't think you'll get back what yeah. you could possibly get well, back. That, just in that having. respect, I think I'd go after it. Now, first of all, though, how dare you mention that changeup because it is trash and should not be thrown. <laughs> I'm just saying he has a – It's a, not a, a weapon. It's a show-me changeup. It's not a weapon. That's oh, fair. Man. It's, it's fair. It's, it's a show-me my weakness. It's like lifting up your arm and be like, you see, you should hit me here. It, it's and his far and away <laughs> worse pitch. You're right. It's a show-me garbage oh, change. Don't do that. Uh, no. It does um, have – it is also impressive that he has an 89% left on base rate as a starter, which is crazy. crazy. How do you yeah. how do you do that? It's it's absolutely insane. So it's again, like the ERA is going up because you just you can't you can't maintain that. That's like a reliever left on base rate. Relief, you know, there'll be a few relievers who can do that for the full year because of their small samples. That will have to come down from you. will just have some luck go against some stripling will. So let's get into our second half surprises. Let's start with yours. A guy we've talked about, but uh, I- I'm with you uh, on this one. So tell us some more about Nick Kingham and why we need to have oh, him on man. our roster. Nick Kingham is a wonderful man, and you should think so too. Uh, <laughs> I've, I talked, I've talked so much about Nick Kingham. Um, and, I mean, obviously we had that Dodgers start where I, I felt so weird. Like, like I just had – I know when it sounds like I'm being defensive – and that, you know, I, I I said that Nick King would be great, this wonderful thing, and he has this horrendous start against the Dodgers. And I'm trying to explain the context of it, how everything just went wrong. It was so frustrating. And I'm just, I'm talking about this going, man, everyone just hates me now. <laughs> uh, because I, you know, this just sounds like a desperate man. But I hope you kept their faith. That's two great starts now from King, including that nine strikeout performance against the Brewers last yeah, night. Great last night. Um, yep. It's too bad he had like two solo shots in the sixth and the seventh. That was a one-run yeah. run game until that. But whatever. Fine, we'll take it. But that's it. one of those when you're watching, you're like, this guy's in control. And, right. and I was watching and I was like, yes, Nick is very proud right now. <laughs> his, his, his baby boy is in control. Now, we do have to roast him a little bit. Go one ahead. It was to a pitcher. It was to a a pitcher. I mean, it was to Brandon Woodruff. So <laughs> you just, just got to roast him for that. Yeah, it's like a, the, the roast it's, is right there. There's no bad. extra joke. No. It's like you gave up a homer to a pitcher, a relief pitcher, by the way. I, I did um, that. I did that in college, actually, to like my buddy who <laughs> it, during BP, like not BP, but like in a, a scrimmage game among us, he knew what was coming because he knew like the what pitch was coming every single time. And he just sat on a three, two fastball down the middle. And it was. I'm really happy I gave David Perlo that. Anyway. David. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, again, uh, uh, just a small rush. Big deal. He was dominant. Yeah. Uh, Kingham was. And you like him to be somebody who can be kind of a game changer. Oh, I, 
the second half, right? I'm amazed that he was owned in under 10% of leagues, according to Fantasy Pros, uh, ESPN, and Yahoo combined uh, ownage stat, which is crazy to me. Uh, this is a guy with a 22.5% whiff rate slider that he absolutely loves. He's got a fantastic changeup on top of that, too. He actually didn't even use that much last night. Uh, he favored his changeup a ton. That went 5 for 20 with whiffs. You have his curveball that he got 4 out of 12 called strikes with. But really, the, the, the best pitch of the night was his fastball. He's just moving all across the plate. He got a ton of foul balls with it early in counts, not late. So he was using his fastball early, jamming guys a ton with it. Uh, getting to one and two, three strike or two strikes, and then setting him up, them up for the changeup or, or called strike through the curveball, that kind of stuff. Didn't really have to use the slider as much as he used to. Uh, I, I think he just has everything. He has he has a fastball that he commands on both sides of the plate. He also has a two seamer to jam into right handers when he needs that, uh, and curveballs for strikes, changeups away to right handers. Uh, sorry, away to lefties and sliders away to right handers. It's it's a wonderful world. It's great. It is. And uh, Nick Kingham is somebody you should definitely take a look at getting. Uh, you know, he's going to have that that favorable ballpark uh, for, for that se- for the rest of the season, too. I, l- I like a guy who has a nice home ballpark that can kind of protect him every once in a while, too. Uh, I don't think a 1.8 homer per nine is going to continue. He gave up those three to the Dodgers. And when you're working with a 50 inning sample, a three inning or excuse me, a three home run game can really inflate it. So, um I, I really like him. He's got a 426 ERA and a 113 whip, Nick Kingham does. And when there's an ERA whip combo like that, I like to investigate and say, which one do I think is going to change? And for me, I think it's the ERA, and I think it's going to yep, come definitely. down. Definitely. So, it, all right, it, let's talk about – What you got? Who, who's, your, uh, who's your surprise? I've got, I've got a guy who pitched well today too, and I, I'd actually already picked him mentally. And then I was like, oh, Andy's pitching well. It's Zach Wheeler uh, of the Mets, uh, you know, former top prospect who's really battled injuries. And I think he's just kind of quietly under the uh, – you know, with no pressure here in, in, in New York right now because they're terrible. No pressure relative to a New York team, I should say. All right, sure. They'll, they'll roast you on a 100 loss team if you if you go out there and, and tank. But I just think, and and I don't mean that he couldn't handle it if it was pressure. I'm just saying it's kind of off to the side right now because the the Mets are an afterthought, and Wheeler's just kind of quietly getting his legs back under him. And I think he could be a nice second half guy. Now go, coming into the start today, um, so it's without those numbers. He did go seven and two thirds. He allowed four runs. Two of them, uh, three of them came late in the eighth inning there, but. They still count. I'm just pointing out that he had seven dominant and then wobbly a little bit toward the end there. That's uh, what we call three... a careful Icarus when you go too close exactly. to the sun. Well, well, and that's Mickey Callaway's fault maybe too. You know, maybe he left him out there too long. I wasn't watching today's game, so I don't know. I'm looking – I'm like you. I'm being defensive now. I'm like, listen, <laughs> uh, maybe he shouldn't have been out there. It's, no, you know, uh, it's not always the worst thing to be defensive, all right? You just try I, to help give well, context. And I think – I'm with you there, by the way. I, I related to that so heavily when you're talking about that because we've obviously had some guys that we've been super high on that we've kind of had to defend, right? You know, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this Luis Castillo guy, but I was kind of <laughs> interested in coming into this. <laughs> Michael Fulmer, you know. So explaining some of the starts, I understand how I might look defensive sometimes. But anyway, this was a good start no matter how you slice it. But even coming into that, his last eight, he had a 344 ERA with 46 strikeouts and 49 and two-thirds. He adds seven strikeouts and seven and two-thirds uh, today for for Wheeler. So he's, he's down – You know, he's got a 444 ERA for the year. That's not going to be flashy, but it's also something I think you can trade for. He misses bats. He throws 96. That's a career high this year, 95.5 rounding up on the fastball. 
And I think that the 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 two breakers that he has are really starting to get uh, to be weapons too, particularly the slider. I think the fastball slider combo is what's really going to set Wheeler off for the second half. Injuries are still a concern, but I don't know that they're going to have to super limit his innings. Uh, he has a hundred right now. Well, 107 after today. Um, and he only had 86 last year, but he's had a 185 innings season. Like he's 28. He's out of the injury nexus as well. I don't think that they have to baby him. I think they can just kind of let him ride out the season. And I think he's somebody that, uh, that can be an asset, uh, a strong asset too, because he has the strikeouts. And I think the ERA and whip will be solid, like a 350, 125 sort of combo with strikeouts. Uh, for Zach Wheeler in the second half. What do you think of him? Well, the interesting thing about Wheeler, you're talking about the secondary stuff for him, is that his four-seamer is really the weapon. That's that's the one that he 100%. likes to go to, to to elevate. I mean, he was averaging at 97 today. We've been talking about him going up to 96 or so. No, 97 miles per hour. And he gets some swings and misses at the top of the zone with it a good amount of the time. Now, if you look at his, uh, I'm, this is just what I've been doing the entire time. I look at this exact start today uh, and how he uses pitches. His slider, I mean, it's like he's pitching backwards. He, he's just using that over the plate away from right-handers along the outside corner. I would love him to not do that, honestly. I really think that he should be dancing off the outside corner and below it. He only had three pitches below the zone today. Uh, everything with wow. the, was either away. I mean, that's this is with his slider, I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He threw yeah. 20 of them. And they were all essentially just along the outside corner, which it can be very good. Sure. But if I'm thinking about a guy that is going to overpower and dominate, it's not going to be by sneaking strikes through your slider and then hoping that your fastball does the rest. No, no. It, you want to see some some buried slide yeah, pieces I, I that wanna, go over it doesn't, the top. It doesn't even need to be hitting the dirt. Just, just cheat under the zone because especially coming in you know, 97 with 0.2 miles per hour with your four-seamer and then 91 with your slide piece – you should That's be able to have fun with that. He throws hard with that slider, and I know the I, I can envision the pitch you're talking about. That right. one that just dies, and like you said, doesn't have to skip in the ground and be a 58 footer, but definitely goes below the zone. Sometimes it's going to have to be blocked, but it should be the the swing over the top. Just, exactly. Damn, I thought that was going to be a fastball, and it's like, nope. Yeah, that's ninety five percent of the way is a strike. That's the pitch yes. that I want to see, and I'm not really seeing that at the moment uh, from from Wheeler consistently. And that kind he of flashes it right now, right? Yep. And I want to see that more. And his curveball, yeah, <laughs> his curveball. You want to talk about? He can get over for a strike. It's big. Yes, you want to talk about flashing? Like it, it, it can go from. Look at my Ross Stripling like changeup version here because it's garbage. Right, yeah. To amazing, like it, it does vacillate with the with the change uh, with the curveball. There, I shouldn't have invoked another uh, guy's pitch, but since you roasted uh, Stripling, <laughs> I, I do think there are times I'm like, why did you throw that and uh, right. that, that curveball there? But it can be a weapon too because it's 79. It's another velocity band, and when it when he does have it working, then he's then he's devastating. But I like I like where you're at. 96 top of the zone. 91, 92 mile per hour sliders below the zone. That's going to be the winning strategy. That's going to be the strikeout generator too. Because I still think there's a, another level to to Wheeler's strikeouts if he does what well, you're talking. Well, right. About. That's the thing. I don't know if he will. He's trying to also use that splitter 
that he threw about 10 times today. And I'm looking at it now. He threw six of them underneath the zone, which is good. That's what you want with sliders. You don't want to mm-hmm. throw them for strikes. Is what I've been trying to tell Jeff Smarzer to do with his for ages. <laughs> he don't throw tonight. it for Let's strikes. See. Please just him? throw it under. I, you know, text I, him a game plan tonight. I'd like to see. I don't have him anywhere. I'd just like to see Samarja succeed. Text him and tell you him. You know, what I, I told Bumgarner to give me his number. I think he gave me Papa John's or something. <laughs> <he said>. uh, <laughs> but I, Don't call that number. <laughs> But no, I no he he threw six underneath the zone. He had one for a swing strike. Everything else was pretty much taken, or one was actually lined for a hit. Uh, that's so I that's about. not that's it's not really splitter. what I want though. I don't think the splitter really the splitter is the answer. I think I think Villa can just do great things just with a four seamer slider and curveball. That's it. Choose which one you want to do consistently. Probably the curveball for a strike. That's great. It's big enough to do that. Slider has the velocity to get the whiffs underneath it. And then you can still do your thing with with you know five whiffs with his four seamer and fifty two thrown. That's great. One thing, one thing I'll say is like he's been searching in search of a changeup his entire career. I like that he's at least trying something different with the split finger. Sure, because the standard changeup has not been working. It's never it's never been there. But I agree with you. He does have three pitches. Yeah, you don't need more. You don't need the changeup when you have four seam slider curve because the curve can be a platoon buster. And so can the slider if it's if it's yeah, good right. enough, but, yeah, exactly. uh, especially this particular slider that he's working. So I like Wheeler. I definitely think he could be somebody um, you know, that 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 can really give you some quality innings in the second half. I have he and Kingham right by each other. So it's actually kind of interesting that we uh that we pick those guys. I have him sixty one for Wheeler, sixty three for Kingham. And oh, they're man, in get a him tier. At level. What, get where do you have at, Kingham? Right I now? have Kingham top fifty. Okay, hey, listen, I will say this. The the tier that he's in starts at forty six. Okay. And so the fact that like meaning he's not that far from being at that forty six range. In fact, like the top guy in that tier is Tanner in a row arc and he's coming down. Oh, I'm, right. you just I'm gotta, so over. There's Tanner the Roark. door row arc. Uh, uh but no, Zach Wheeler for me is at sixty three. I'm probably gonna have him around fifty five or so. Uh, probably on Monday. I mean, him and Kingham, they're, they're pretty close to me too. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I believe I believe in Kingham to have more of a, a much better caper walk moving forward, and I think that there's a lot lower of a floor with Wheeler. I, I I definitely agree with that. I think if you if you need more stability, you go Kingham. If you need to spike it more and maybe go for the hail mary, uh, or maybe not even just the hail mary, but but you really need somebody to go crazy i would lean a little <laughs> bit toward the dealer uh, but, but honestly i like both i, I honestly if you're trying to remake your staff on the fly or, or really improve your pitching i think you try to get both and uh as you mentioned kingdom's available on waiver wires y'all like, hey, i'm no, so i'm getting Wheeler. kingdom in a 12 team uh, like these are 12 team mixer guys for me yeah i think definitely. both of them at the, at the very least are team streamers meaning you go from reserve to starting lineup with them don't put them back in the pool um, unless they really fall off so that's where i'm at there uh nick i want to let you get back to the fam out there at cape cod um we good for next week then oh you kidding me of course we're good for next week yeah, of course we are Come I, on. I, i'm not sure what we're gonna do obviously there have been a few games at that point maybe somebody pops up on the weekend that we're really interested in talking about but if you have any sort of second half stuff that you want us to really dive into maybe we can do something thematic that way and talk about although we kind of just did, i mean we gave the one <laughs> the one surprise maybe we do a little more on on risers and followers for the second half or we do maybe a rank cast uh yeah, everyone like that yeah, one we, yeah we, they did we, we can have some fun so we'll see. But uh, what are you doing for the break besides uh, – I think you're back from Cape Cod in a few days, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm doing a wonderful article. 
I uh, I know you are. And uh, I don't know if I, I like teasing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not fantasy related, guys. It's, it's not, not fantasy related. Our boys hitting the big time. Let's just leave it at that. Yes. And uh, and so so look for that from Nick. He's going to have a big article for the All Star break. We are also going to have a bunch of. Uh, 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 all teams, I should say, all in quotes, like all bargain team, all whatever. So, Nick, if you want to grab one of those, you check the Slack and, and maybe sign up for one if uh, if you're doing any RG articles this week. Uh, if you if there's one that you want to come up with too, feel free to make up your own topic. But that's the sort of stuff that we're going to be working. So we will have content this week. Don't don't think that we're going to sleep just because it's the All Star break. We'll have some good stuff. And uh, and Nick, enjoy the rest of your trip, and I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks a lot, Spore. That was a good fireside. an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league well look no further and download squad ql the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year download squad ql for free for your apple and android devices squad ql recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters bench players and free agent pool how does squad ql actually do this the app connects directly with your yahoo espn and cbs leagues pulling in your actual roster your league scoring system the app also provides waiver wire recommendations daily updates to player rankings and much more head to the apple app or google play stores to download squad ql your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager squad ql is brought to you by the creators of roto ql the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.